did I tell you about the one, the only true crime podcast I've ever listened to? Uh, no, but I am curious to hear now. It, it's called Who Shat on the Floor at My Wedding? Oh, yes, you did tell me about this. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> that is an incredible name for a podcast. It, it really is. And, you know, like, h- how do you follow up with the season two for that? Uh, I don't know. It's been a few years since they did season one. I don't know if there's going to be a season two. They kind of set it up, but... Um, you could do, like, a who shat on the floor at my baby's first birthday party. (laughs) Once you have kids. The thing is... It's probably the baby. (laughs) That too. But they never figured out who shat on the floor at their wedding, which is a thing that did actually happen to them. Hmm. Yeah, I have no... I suppose you could, like, uh, you could continue the investigation, but it feels like it's probably gone cold at this point. So maybe you need to turn it into a cold case. And, like, hire one of those true crime TV show investigators. Well, they did hire a private investigator. And by private investigator, I do mean their friend who uh, took uh, the first 20 minutes of an online course on how to be a private investigator. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Do we want (laughs) to get started with this episode? Because I have... We have we have things to do with our lives, right? We, Sometimes. we do. We have like so, like better things to do than watch this movie for sure. Uh, I I didn't hate this one, but I also am a noted Cronenberg fan. Fair. Like I don't know if I hated it, but it was a struggle for sure. Um, I feel like if we had done Videodrome, it would have maybe been an easier one to get through. But like I also did just recently rewatch videodrome so it's hard okay. for me to be like let's re- let's let's do this for unsound theories this movie i watched three days ago mm, yeah i think that would be difficult to do um so instead we watched existence <laughs> god damn it Ex- okay we should start the podcast <laughs> we should the the way that we like the the official beginning of the podcast that you know sometimes the official beginning of the podcast shows up like 15 minutes into the podcast you're right you're right you're right okay so before we do the official like um for the books beginning of the podcast i want to address um one thing that has been haunting me since you told me we were going to be watching this movie Mm-hmm. Which is, I can't read the title without thinking about natural male enhancement. Yes, it reads, it, it really does read like a boner pill. It's, it's for sure, right? Like, I watched a lot of, like, Adult Swim as a kid. There was a lot of that advertised. The, um... Do you remember those, like, Smiling Bob commercials? I don't remember what the medication was for. The only thing I can think it was is Zydrate. literally and It I'm was like, literally... Cat. it was literally called Extends with a was Z. It? Yes! Was it? Are you... Sh- yes! That can't be. No. That cannot be. It is. No, it was called Enzite. Okay, okay. What was... And he looked, uh, he looked uh, like a lot like the Trollolo guy. Okay, but there is a boner pill called Extends with a Z. I, I think that's like a truck stop boner pill, though. I, probably. <laughs> God, we live in a world that we do. Okay, so here's the thing about Enzite. Um, the they received a lot of consumer complaints and. Oh, you they think? were found guilty of conspiracy to commit mail fraud, bank fraud, and money laundering because I'm the entirety shocked. of what is contained within the pill is ginseng root, grapeseed extract, horny goat weed, zinc, more zinc, ginkgo, niacin, and copper. These are all over-the-counter dietary supplements or herbal supplements. Mm-hmm. I am shocked. And like, yes, zinc does increase your cum output. But it feels like this was probably 
not someone should have done some investigation before those commercials were so ubiquitous you know yeah i mean if you want to do some like serious overcoming you've got to have a good heat sink that's true and you know i suppose if you're trying to defraud a bunch of people throwing a bunch of money at some high production value funny memorable commercials is a really good way to convince people your thing is legit yeah do you think there's anything related to boner pills hidden in this movie um i don't think so i think this movie in particular is mostly about the sort of you you know at the beginning of the movie when the ninth doctor chris eccleston is up there on the stage and he's in his blue shirt and he looks a little bit sweaty Uh uh-huh i think this is all just trying to paint steve ballmer from microsoft in a more positive light from that time he was on stage screaming developers a bunch while covered in a flop sweat (laughs) (laughs) do you know the video i'm talking about no oh my god okay this is essential viewing okay because he gets like more and more desperate sounding and screaming developers over and over again (laughs) his voice cracks multiple times developers 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 oh my god what the fuck is what am I The Microsoft conferences used to be so funny. (laughs) Like, they're so much drier these days because it's not really like computer companies aren't really run by nerds anymore, you know? And like, Steve Ballmer in his deeply sweaty shirt. (laughs) It's so disgusting. solid 45% of that shirt is sweat stains and if it wasn't for the wife beater he was wearing underneath I think the rest of it would be too like there's a clear outline of a wife beater that he's wearing underneath his shirt it's so funny you could fucking (laughs) you could fill a canal with that shirt you could Oh no! Oh god! Call the fish hatchery because you've got a you've got a fishing pond just from that shirt. Yeah, you you just wring that thing out into a tank and you've got yourself a saltwater aquarium, baby. Okay. Do we want to actually start the episode now? Hello and welcome to Unsound Theories. I'm Kat. I'm Kira. And we watch movies with no sound and no subtitles and try to figure out what the hell is going on. Spoiler. Meat. And Steve Ballmer. Steve Ballmer's meat. I'm cutting that out in the edit. (laughs) (laughs) Which naturally means that everything up to I'm cutting that out in the edit is staying in the episode. Of course. Okay, uh, so the first thing we get is this weird sort of fleshy opening credits. Yeah. And that's how I noticed that both Bilbo and the Ninth Doctor are in this movie. Yes. And, um, you know, speaking of lots of meat, we've got our boy, Willem Dafoe. Oh, yes, that's true. Willem (laughs) Dafoe playing Gas. Gas? Um, so, like... Have you watched any other David Cronenberg films? Nope. Okay, because his whole deal is making, like, weird, horny pseudo-horror that... Okay, I could tell. Yeah, um, like, everything he does is a little bit fucked up and a little bit horny, uh, and it's, like, one of the things that I like about his movies, generally, like fair um you know crimes of the future was the big one because that one actually got like a huge push after its theatrical release 
uh, like Crimes of the Future with Viggo Mortensen and Stew, and it's the one where the tagline is "Surgery is the new sex." The, okay, it it's a really there's a lot of really hot parts in that movie. It's okay. a good movie. Uh, Viggo Mortensen has like a chest see and he gets fisted. It's great. <laughs> Holy shit! He went full Gideon. Yeah. Um. So this movie is part of what is a spiritual trilogy in effect um the the way that it's described is that the thematic representation in this and in videodrome and in crimes of the future all talk about the ways in which humanity is being made to change as a consequence of its own actions Hmm. Right. Uh, Videodrome is about how TV has, in effect, created a whole nother layer of reality for us. And it was an 80s movie, so it was when TV was more the thing that everyone did. You know, there weren't really video games in the same way that there are today. And then this Mm -hmm. coming out in the 90s was about the video game boom of the 90s. And then Crimes of the Future is about microplastics. Wait, really? Very literally. Oh, God. Okay. Because, like, the premise of the movie is that there are certain humans who have evolved to be able to eat plastic. Mm. So it's literally, Honestly? like, a movie about the way that, like, a certain percentage of all of our bodies is now comprised of microplastics. Like, some of that shit looks pretty good. Yeah, you know, like, I think it would have, be nice have we to tried? be able to, uh, you know those, like, at certain Japanese and Korean restaurants, they have those display models of the food yeah um those are made out of plastic and i think it would be fun to eat those instead of the actual food what if i could buy yeah yeah you can 3d print your dinner or you can have filament spaghetti oh my god (laughs) i want that so much um okay so here's here's how you make filament spaghetti but edible for you. You grab okay. multiple zucchini and a spiralizer. Okay. You spiralize the zucchini. Then you grab a raw beet and you spiralize the beet. Okay. Now you've got at least two colors worth of filament. Two colors. Okay. Um, orange, you get a carrot. You've got red, green, and orange. That's like most of the way there. If you get a yellow squash, you have yellow. You just spiralize a bunch of stuff. And then you, um, but you have to be careful to keep it all in one really long spiral. And then you wrap it around a spool and slurp it off the spool. Okay. What should I use as a mint? And how do I get the things in them, in it? Hmm. So I feel like, have yeah, zucchini com- stuffed mint does sound pretty good. Maybe. Probably not, actually. I, I feel like mint and zucchini would go well together. Just not like a a mint. Some mint. Yes. Yo, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. For sure. Not like a, I'm just gonna s- stuff a fucking courgette into an Altoid. <laughs> I mean, like, isn't that sort of what Ricola is? They just mm. stuffed a bunch of plants into an Altoid. Mm. You know, that's a good point. And like no no slights against Ricola. I do love Ricola. It's like it's it's like if you took an Amaro, like the Italian liqueur, and mm-hmm. turned it into a candy. Oh. Um I'm a big fan of Fernet, so that's an easy A for me. Fair. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Okay, so let's talk about what actually happened in this movie. Because okay. it's <clears throat> a weird one. So the movie starts with um, a bunch of people in what looks like a church to me. Like, no place has yeah. that much wood paneling that isn't a church basement or something. Yeah, no, that was for sure a church. Um, and, and it was like, it, 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 it gave me the sense, like, you never see the exterior of the building, yeah. but that thing was definitely in the middle of goddamn nowhere. Uh, I, I will tell you that it was actually in the middle of goddamn Toronto. Well, yeah, but, like, in the fiction. In the fiction, yeah. They're, like, in a backwoods wooden church somewhere in, like, the south of England. Something like that. That was the vibe that I got. Yeah. And, like, why, though? Why that? Um, They needed to keep where they were a secret to keep them safe from the anti-video game terrorists. Right. That's um, true. You know, very specifically, um, there is a video game terrorist who does show up. 
yeah, in that same his... scene while they're all connected to their little control issues. Yeah. Um, oh, the pod thing. Okay. <laughs> Let's talk product design. Yep. This is a company that spent so very much money creating mm-hmm. a special virtual reality machine. And it's just sort of a... The controller is just sort of a fleshy blob. It's a, it's a flesh blob. With nipples. umbilical cords into your back. And, and you to, tweak its to, nipples to turn it on. <laughs> yeah, you just sort of, like... Just, you, oh, you gotta be so gentle, though. Yeah, there's one point where um, Jennifer Jason Lee is foot-fucking her controller. Yeah. While Jude Law's watching, and it's, it's mm. very... It's a lot of, like, the way that people interact with these things is extraordinarily sexual intentionally because that is a necessary part of what Cronenberg does, right? Like, There's a lot. Weird of... sexuality is intentional yeah. in these movies. Okay, that makes sense. It's deeply obvious. There's a lot of lingering shots on feet. and mm-hmm. For some reason, also, the Jennifer Jason Lee keeps her weird little controller fleshlight inside of a ski boot yes <laughs> she's just so quirky and that, that's the th- uh, the crimped hair Ugh. Uh, <laughs> i will okay i will um give this movie um props for the uh continuity with her hair as the movie goes on it gets less and less put together mm-hmm. um and i thought that was a nice touch yeah so like i think the way the game works is you hook in the controller's little butt plug port into a port that you have installed in your back. Yeah, right down, right down the like the base of your spine, which is like right. It's a it's a tramp stamp for video games. Yeah, um, it's your gamer hole. <laughs> That's not where and my gamer hole you, is, cats. <laughs> sometimes you have to put. <laughs> Look, um, some gamer boys don't like having things in their one gamer hole because it makes them want to be a girl. Okay, true. Uh, so you have you have to use the new gamer hole. Yeah, and sometimes you have to lick. You you gotta tongue the hole. Um, yeah, at one point Jude Law does tongue fuck the gamer hole. Um, it's weird. Uh, it's so weird. It's Sorry. it's really upsetting. Kira, are you hearing like a weird distortion on the track? No. Okay, it's it sounds like something's like cutting us off or interrupting us. Weird. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me um let me adjust some settings that okay. might make it so that we have. Okay. Weird. Now it's coming through more clearly. Um, let's listen to it. Okay. Hello, and welcome to P. I'm Tim Week. This week, we're talking about something a little different. We're talking about sex, lies, and video games. So listener discretion is advised. Okay. Let me set this up for you. Think back to 2022, the VR revolution. Back when it was called the metaverse, lowercase m. It was pretty laughable, right? I mean, we all remember finding out that the metaverse, capital M, had around 47 users at its peak. VR died out for a while. Mm -hmm. But that was all before the advent of game reports when my lady friend suggested we spice things up in the bedroom i'll admit i was a little skeptical but then she started tongue fucking my game report and i don't know how else to describe it other than the fact that i just started blasting rope (laughs) in studio with me today i have marie pierre saint denis author of the critically acclaimed book portolingus unlocking the p-spot marie pierre welcome That's all our time this week. Tune in next week when we host a debate rubbing ports for Taj or Tribidism. Okay. Oh, okay. That was weird. That sounded uh, like uh, a CBC production. Um, I guess Canadian airwaves have been taking over like the podcast industry for a while now huh are we getting time interference again it's possible that there's just more time interference um like i wonder if this has to do with the jerk-off box do we need to go back into the jerk-off box to reset the timeline again i i think so 
Okay, is it, we, it keeps happening. Is the should thing. we like, bring our gamer pods with us into, or would that ruin mm, the timeline? I just had a thought. Yeah. What if? And I'm just spitballing here. What if you slapped a neck drug patch onto your gamer hole? See, that's what I was thinking while I watched this whole movie, is that the gamer port, the gamer hole, which looks tremendously like a butthole. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it, it does. very intentionally looks like a slightly gaped butthole. <laughs> um, but I was thinking that this was the precursor, some sort of precursor to the neck drug interface that we see in Ad Astra. Mm, true. And you think it started, you slapped the patch, it wasn't neck drug, it was butt drugs. So it was a combination thing. Like, neck drug already existed in the 90s, we know that, because Harrison Ford fought against neck drug. True. But, like, I think specifically the neck drug port is an evolution of the gamer hole. Okay, so it's like a, it's like a, an add-on to the patch. Exactly, like, the, the patch was just a patch they may have even been injecting neck drug before then and Mm. it turns out that the best way to actually up uptake your neck drug is through an open port directly into your spine yeah that makes sense because what is your spine if not your nextra (laughs) it's just more neck exactly (laughs) i mean like you look at a snake that thing is all neck all it's all neck baby Nothing but neck. (laughs) My, um, I had some issues from a biology perspective. Okay. Are we going to talk about, um, the the, game report? The game report or the tooth gun? Yes. Okay. Let's start with the Um, game report. So we're going to start with the game report. You just sort of, it appears, you just kind of, uh, punch a hole in your back into your spine there's no sort of infection control whatsoever in this situation. So the way that I saw it was that, like, the way that the bioports, the the gamer hole is installed, is that, like, they, in, they basically inject an interface. I, I would assume a bioorganic interface that leaves you, it, that basically works as, like, a sort of in new internal organ i i mean like you, they you know they technically your colon is the outside of your sanitize. body right they didn't sanitize the the tools and then you just use that to punch a hole into your spine that's how you get meningitis yeah that's fair <laughs> your meninges are all fucked now like you are done that's that's it for you I mean, maybe if you're in a, a like a like a you know virtual reality, you, you you don't care while you die. I guess is the the deal. But they just sort of have an open hole. Yeah. So into like your that's that's kind of system. the thing, though. Like maybe it doesn't make sense intentionally. Also, the placement I have a problem with. Do you have a problem with the gamer tramp stamp? Yes, because how are you gonna be grabbing? nervous system signals for all of the body so that when you're playing the game you're not just flailing your arms around wildly Mm -hmm. if you're down at the base of the spine um i mean nerves go both ways right because you have to be able to send things to your fingies and you have to be able to receive things in your fingies right but you wanna if you're gonna keep sitting in a chair Mm mm-hmm You're gonna want to block the signals that are going to the fingies, but then they do still need to be able to fondle the nipples. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So it's just a whole mess. Yeah. Um, So, you know, spoilers for the end of the movie. Uh, It turns out that the reality we're introduced to at the beginning of the movie is part of another VR game. Yeah, there it's uh, a, it's it's game within a game. Obviously, they go a few layers deep. Yeah, very Inception, um, very Matrix. It, it did you know this movie came out like literally right before the Matrix? Yeah, and as a result, it just got demolished. Yeah, because the Matrix was actually good. Yes, I mean and significantly less meaty. 
that's the thing though like a big one of the reasons that i am drawn to cronenberg's work is the gooey indescribable organic things that he produces like it's it's definitely interesting when, when you have a creature of some sort in a movie i want it to be a practical effect and i want it to be wet oh, you gotta yeah, put sure. a lot of goop on that monster and then it's, it'll be fun it's gotta be trippy um the, the, like okay they there's so much that you could stop there <laughs> there's so much yes this is a extremely high budget virtual reality experience where yes. you stumble around a very depressing world where nothing happens go to your job at the meat packing factory mm-hmm why would I like it's supposed so, to be like a very addictive experience and it sounds abysmal. I think like the thing is your day job is supposed to be disgusting and abysmal, right? Yeah. Because the story of the game is supposed to be you discovering some grand conspiracy and becoming involved in like a spy thing and being the hero of the spy narrative. But okay. in order for you to be compelled to follow the story, it has to first start you with something boring that you won't want to stick around with. Okay, I can see that. Could they That's... have at least like given their game some better lighting? Um, I I think it's just because um there was an issue with the shaders. I think. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. You know, it has to do with the GPU capabilities, and it just was. You know, the the game report cannot run Crisis. <laughs> yeah. They. <laughs> If you want to find out more, Google Game Report Crisis. <laughs> or or don't. <laughs> yeah, you probably shouldn't. Uh, they, I don't know, just the, the game design struck me as, like, not good. So I think that's kind of part of it, is that it's supposed to be, because it's tapping into your mind, a very, um, like, emergent gameplay, right? Okay. Like, it gives you a space, and you figure out what that space means for you as a game player. And the and space might just be a store where you buy gamer hole accessories. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, like, the other thing that we see is that it is a multiplayer experience. So this is a yes. VR MMO where it interfaces directly with your mind. The problem here is, and this is why this movie isn't realistic, it's not to do with the uh, fucking gamer pods or your bio ports or anything like that. The mm. reason why it's not realistic is because none of them are furries oh, in the God, VR. That's such a good point. And like, if there's anything I know about VR, it's that it's primarily propped up by the furry fandom. Yeah, that's so true. Oh, that's such a good point. I never even thought about that, but yeah. Like, it's the least you, realistic part of this movie. They need to have some wild-ass, cool avatars, and they're just like, sort of like... I think Jude Law should be a dog. Are we talking about in the movie or in real life? In the movie. Okay. I mean, he's also very hot in this movie. Like, he's, you know, I'm not gonna say no to that Jude Law his career choices after this movie maybe i might say no but i mean <clears throat> it's in the name legally you have to yeah yeah <laughs> but like i i think jude law in this movie should be like a cocker spaniel an anthropomorphic cocker spaniel and then he's gonna cock her gamer hole Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Um, so that would definitely make the movie better. Do you think yeah. it would have been improved by the uh, metaverse treatment where everything looks like absolute dog shit and nobody has legs? <laughs> um, no, I think it would not have been improved by the metaverse <laughs> treatment. But I also think that, you know, this game does, does have the game in this movie does have more active players than the metaverse. So. <laughs> <laughs> like we cannot we cannot forget that it did actually peak at 47 players before they shut it down oh god what a terrible absolute disaster i don't know who thought that was a good idea mark zuckerberg mark zuckerberg 
maybe like maybe it looks better to him because of his particular affliction his alien skin yeah like he like he is like the human embodiment of the uncanny valley and therefore um things that look like I put them together in whatever old ass version of some 3D modeling software from like 2003 existed. Um, and maybe that just looks really good to him. I guess. I don't know. It's, it was, so are there any, the, the thing that like, it, the movie starts to sort of get lost in itself. Yeah, um, yeah it and really I think does. that's I think that's very intentional. Uh, like I want to say that like the way that the action starts to be less and less sensical, it has to do with the fact that they're like not sure which layer is reality and which layer is the game anymore. Yeah, and I think probably when you have some um, meat hardware and it's trying to render like multiple layers of game, it, you're gonna get some shortcuts, like just sort of on the programming end of things. Yeah, and like it, it, it also, I think the connection that each individual player had to the broader game was starting to fall apart. Yeah. Which led to the actual universe becoming less stable because, like, people who had been written out of the game already were still in the game watching it happen. And they're like, hey, can, mm. I, can I press start to get back in? Yeah, this game could really use a respawn timer. It really could. Because, like, otherwise it's just... Like, that's that's why I don't play, like, Counter-Strike or Valorant, where once you're done, you just sort of watch for a while. It's boring as yeah. fuck. And then once you're done watching, you have to go sit in the queue for, like, a little while. Yeah. And by a little while, I mean enough time to play Minecraft. <laughs> would you play Minecraft via gamer port? Um, I don't think I would get a gamer port. It's simply probably because... a good call. I'm pretty sure Jude Law does get a port transmitted disease in the movie. Okay. And yeah. I don't want Port Midia. <laughs> Sounds like the name of a JRPG. It a little bit does. <laughs> oh, God. What a movie this was. It um, really, it was certainly a movie. We do need to talk about the bone gun. Yeah, with the bone gun. The multiple bones gun. Um, yeah, the bones gun. So you, the early doors, a kid comes in, he's got his own meat pod, which was like, I thought this was like a prototype. So how would he get his own meat pod? First of all, I mean, like, it's part of the game. Oh. Uh, but he's also got this bone gun that is like... Mm -hmm. Um, it definitely, it's video game-esque. It's something that you could probably buy for, like, $35 as a skin, um, for your yeah, pistol. it looks like, it looks like one of the various skins that you would get in, or, like, one of the, uh, weapon mods you get in Remnant 2. Yeah, so it's, it's like a spine, and it loads teeth into it and shoots teeth. Now, I want to know how they're propelling the teeth mechanically. Because I'm fairly certain if you had any kind of, like, gunpowder charge in there, it would just vaporize the teeth. It's like a really, really, really powerful slingshot. Okay. Or, like, a crossbow, but contained within the internal mechanisms of this flesh and bone gun. You know, that's a good point. We didn't hear it fire, so it very well could have been that. It could have fired with a twang instead of a bang. I mean, it, we'd it, definitely, it definitely didn't seem like it was as powerful as your standard firearm, for sure. Yeah, because it took a bunch of shots to the head to kill people. Yeah. And Okay, here's the thing that I didn't like about this movie. When Jennifer Jason Leigh gets shot in the shoulder, mm -hmm. they just don't do anything with the wound. None what, yeah, no. She just sort of gets up and leaves and... And eventually it kind of looks like another puckered asshole on her shoulder. <laughs> yeah. And then they, he just kind of, the they, Jude Law pulls the tooth out and then she's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was interesting. The game had an, int uh, the, 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 the movie the game in general had a... Uh, a weird obsession with Chinese restaurants that felt mm -hmm. like vaguely racist. Yes. Um, th I have. Okay. So um, that, that was very weird. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, we have a Chinese play tester. Let's make him a waiter at a Chinese restaurant. 
And it's like a Chinese restaurant where you get served like all sorts of weird goopy shit that looks disgusting. And then also when they were in the game shop before they bought the mini pods that slurp into you um, with mm-hmm. the chapstick, uh, they there was like an advertisement for what appeared to be like a haunted house that was like, can you survive the Chinese restaurant? There was another game in within the game for your Bioport that was uh, getting hit by a car simulator. Oh, yeah! I saw that! <laughs> that one is kind of a delightful, like, getting hit by... I feel like you could, That's right gotta now, be on with Steam, current right? technology, that would make be... a getting hit by a car simulator, and it would be the sleeper indie hit yes, of, that like, would be... 2000 and. 12. That would absolutely take over Steam. I'm gonna search for it and see if it actually already exists. It's like part of that, like, nope. it's like in the same vein as Goat Simulator a little bit. Or like Rock Simulator. Yeah, not not like a forklift simulator where no, you're no, like no. actually simulating f- driving a forklift or like American <laughs> Truck Sim. Cat. Yeah. We're now a development company. Oh, are we gonna are we gonna start making getting hit by a car we're gonna, simulator? We're gonna make getting hit by a car simulator. <laughs> it can't be difficult. <laughs> it probably isn't that difficult. I mean, like the fit, you, you just, just download you some like, free use... assets from Unreal Engine and shit. I was gonna say we could just use Unreal Engine or something. Yeah, you could probably use the Source Engine for it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Hey listeners, this is uh, Editor Cat. I'm just jumping in here to say that we recorded this right before the whole Unity charging you for the number of downloads your game has thing. Uh, so just coming in here real quick to say, fuck Unity, don't use Unity for any game projects. And if you have a game project that's already in Unity, maybe delist it so that they don't charge you money per download because apparently if someone installs the game, uninstalls it, and then reinstalls it, even if that copy is pirated, you're getting charged money by Unity for the installation. So, um, yeah. Fuck Unity, and I'll let you get back to this episode. Okay, bye. (laughs) I would be surprised if getting hit by a car simulator wasn't something that already was made in Gmod. Well, it's not on Steam as a standalone game. Like, and then you can have various modes of getting hit by a car simulator, such as um, engineer gets hit by a car simulator, or Engin- yeah, and, um, and then you can we can have like microtransactions where you pay to have like um, like extra fancy the- game reports while you get hit by a car. Yeah, um, you can also pay for different skins, so you could do Pinkie Pie getting hit by a car simulator. <laughs> Or, um, because the ponies are in a lot of Gmod stuff. Um, Shrek getting hit by a car simulator. Oh my god. No, yeah, that would do, that would absolutely do do numbers. numbers For sure. Okay, um, cut this out of the podcast so nobody steals it. Yeah, TM, 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 TM. TM, 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 TM. Uh, we have this idea, and we're for sure going to make it for realsies, yes. Um, okay, so, um, there's one other thing that I want to draw attention to. Uh, it's the end of the movie, Jennifer Jason Lee shoots Bilbo, and Jude Law goes, you just killed him. She says, it's a game. Jude Law says, what if it isn't and you just committed murder? This is all from lip reading. Yeah. And then she fucking detonates his game report yes um and so i have in my notes well that brings new meaning to blowing your man's back out (laughs) (laughs) and that is the full extent of what i wanted to say about the rest of this movie (laughs) uh do we want to find out what it's about yeah we should okay oh god how did they existence is a 1999 science fiction horror film written, produced, and directed by David Cronenberg. The film follows Allegra Geller, Jennifer Jason Lee, a game designer who finds herself targeted by assassins while playing a virtual reality game of her own creation. An international co-production between Canada, the U.S., and France, it also stars Jude Law, Ian Holm, Don McKellar, 
Callum Keith Renee, Sarah Polly, Christopher Eccleston, Willem Dafoe, and Robert A. Silverman. In the near future, biotechnological virtual reality game consoles known as game pods have replaced electronic ones. The pods present umbicords that attach to bioports, connectors surgically inserted into the player's spines. Two game companies, Antenna Research and Cortical Systematics, compete against each other. In addition, a group of fanatics called Realists fight both company fight both companies to prevent the quote deforming of reality. Antenna Research's Allegra Geller, a world-renowned game designer, is demonstrating her latest virtual reality game, Existence, to a group to a focus group. A realist named Noel Dichter shoots Allegra in the shoulder with an organic pistol he smuggled past security. Dichter, As a security I hardly team, know her. <laughs> As the security team gun- guns down Dichter, security guard and publicist Ted Pakul rushes to Geller to escort her out. Geller discovers that her pod, which contains the only copy of Existence, may have been damaged. Pakul reluctantly agrees to have a bioport installed in his spine so they can jointly test the game's integrity. Allegra takes him to a gas station run by the Black Marketeer named Gas, who deliberately installs a faulty bioport. He reveals his intention to kill Geller for the bounty on her head. Pakul kills Gas, and the two escape to a former ski lodge used by Kiri Vinokur, Geller's mentor. Vinokur and his assistant repair the damaged pod and give Pakul a new bioport. Geller and Pakul enter the game and meet Darcy Nader a video game shop owner who provides them with new micropods. They activate the new pods and enter a deeper layer of virtual reality. They assume new identities as workers in a video game pod factory. Another worker in the factory, Yevgeny Nourish, claims to be their realist contact. At a Chinese restaurant near the factory, Nourish recommends that they order the special for lunch. Pakul eats the unappetizing special and constructs a pistol from the inedible parts. He impulsively threatens Geller, then shoots the Chinese waiter. The pair return to the game store. Hugo Carlaw informs them that Nourish is actually a double agent for cortical systematics, and that the waiter Pakul murdered was the actual contact. At the factory, mm-hmm, at the factory, they find a diseased pod. Geller connects it to her bioport, planning to infect the other pods and sabotage the factory. When Geller becomes ill, Pakul cuts the umbicord and she begins to bleed to death. Nourish appears with a flamethrower and blasts the diseased pod, which bursts into deadly spores. Geller and Pakul awaken back at the ski lodge, where they discover Geller's game pod is also diseased. Geller surmises that Vinokur must have infected Pakul's new bioport to destroy her game, and she inserts a disinfecting device into Pakul's bioport. Unexpectedly, Carlaw reappears as a realist resistance fighter and escorts Geller and Pakul outside to witness the death of Existence. Before Carlaw can kill Geller, Vinokur, who's a double agent for cortical systems, shoots Carlaw in the back and informs Geller that he copied her game data while fixing her pod. She then vengefully kills Vinokur. Pakul then reveals that he himself is a realist sent to kill her. Geller tells Pakul that she had known his intentions since he pointed a gun at her in the Chinese restaurant, and she remotely detonates the disinfecting device in his bioport, killing him. Suddenly, Pakul and Geller are seated in chairs in a small abandoned church, seeing rows of pews as they come to, together with all the other members of the cast, wearing a blue electronic virtual reality device. Nourish explains that this is all part of a virtual reality game called Transcendence. <laughs> I forgot about that. God damn it. Um, and they do very explicitly point out capital C, capital Z. Yes. Uh, he tells his assistant, Merle, that he feels uneasy because the anti-game plot elements may have originated from the thoughts of one of the testers. Pakul and Geller approach Nourish and accuse him of distorting reality before shooting him and Merle to death. As Pakul and Geller leave, they aim their guns at the person who played the Chinese waiter who pleads for his life, then asks if they're still in the game. Pakul and Geller stand together silently, not answering. So, okay. uh, in addition to video games, this movie was very explicitly also about the fatwa against Salman Rushdie. Yeah. Um, and Cronenberg was like, Okay, what if we took that and made it about VR game designers? Yeah, same thing, really, when you get down to it. Yeah. Um, the, the scene where they are, like, finally out of the game, we maybe, think. maybe not, 
um, and they shoot the person. Um, mm-hmm. Their dog has fake fur that they pull off that, of it. Yes, yes they do the pull guns. the fake fur off of the dog, which is hiding the Where? guns. It's delightful. What the fuck was that? Because I thought that dog looked weird. Yeah. The dog is also a part the of the VR. The dog was in the game, VR. too. Yeah. What, did they have... Does the dog have a I gamer port? Ha- I don't think so. I think it was more that they added the detail of their dog by connecting to the subconscious because they were thinking about it actively because the dog had the guns. Okay. And that's why in the movie... Or in the VR, the dog goes and picks up the gun. Mm. It's not just because it's some meat and bones that it wants to eat. No, it's because the dog is already strapped. Okay. Um, another question. Uh-huh. Why, though? Uh, what? what? Security guards what was... don't usually... Security guards probably aren't going to, like, metal detector a dog, you know? Yeah. Um, That's... Aren't but where so they were anticipating violence going to this playtest? Yes, because of the um, extremists who ex- who who dislike um, the uh, game designer Darcy Nader. Okay, all right. Uh, really, some choices made overall by everyone involved in this. I mean, yeah. Uh, here's the thing. When you have a limited number of Canadian actors to choose from for your various characters, you kind of go with whatever you got. And one of those choices results in your game designer also being the guy who makes a lot of really stupid mistakes in Jason X. (laughs) Have you seen that movie? I have not. It's bad. I can't imagine it would be good. In such a good way. (laughs) Like, it is... It's very silly. It's very, very, very silly. Um, They cryogenically freeze Jason Voorhees for 445 years. Sure. And then he regenerates after they unfreeze him, and he's transformed by future technology into a cyborg. And then he goes around destroying a spaceship. Who? I have so many questions. Uh, They made this movie because Freddy vs. Jason was in development hell. Ah, okay. But this is technically canon to the Friday the 13th universe, which has 12 installments. We live in a world. The fourth one is called... We live in a world. Yeah, we live in a society. The The fourth Friday the 13th is called Friday the 13th, The Final Chapter, and then there's eight more Friday the 13ths after that. Ah, now they've done something there that I think is, um, they fucked up. Yeah, um... It's like naming your game Final Fantasy and then making, like, 15 more of them. So here's the thing. It's because, uh, the producer, Frank Mancuso Jr., did not feel like the studio appreciated the work he did on the movie enough so he was like all right you want to keep milking this franchise try to do it after i name this movie the final chapter (laughs) okay that's pretty fucking good that is a level of petty i can appreciate yeah um okay do you want to hit me with some reviews so we can wrap this up fucking love to do that uh one or two of these are some mysteries that we need to solve together okay um d robinson gives us one star and titles the review a waste of money and they say i really wasted my money on this item and the only reason why i got it is because it said this movie was better than the matrix reloaded well someone (laughs) lied to me at least i was able to trade it back into amazon for something yeah yep Mm -hmm. seemingly sane gives it one star and titles the review death to existence shout law and lee at film's end oh yes please and the review reads You've been warned, should be titled Exit Ends, because you'll exit before it ends. Save yourself (laughs) while you still can. (laughs) That's... Uh... That's pretty fucking good. (laughs) 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 Fucking got him. (laughs) Um, Amazon customer gives it one star and titles the review. I didn't enjoy The Matrix either. And the review review reads, 
A-T-L-O-B. I won't tell you what that stands for. The Matrix is, the, the movie is similar to The Matrix, which I found totally boring as well. Give me a night at the movies with Sigourney and the aliens anyway, any day. What do we think I A-T-L-O-B agree. stands for? At the last Ontario battle. Damn. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything better than that. All, all titties lose original buoyancy. Also true. <laughs> I, this is the best I've got. <clears throat> I mean, you know, it's part of what makes titties beautiful. Yeah. We have no way of knowing what ATLOB stands for because they're not going to tell us. So let's move on. Okay. Rad gives us four stars and titles the review, Matrix Loses to Smart Sci-Fi Existence. It has been almost two years since I first wanted to see, since I first wanted to see Existence by David Cronenberg. And I do insist on the particular orthography, since in the very first sequence, one of the movie's characters says that, quote, it's a new game. It's spelled like this, small e, capital X, capital Z. But the game is not new at all. It is as old as time, except now somebody has finally done a coherent, solid, and downright smart film about the make-believe of video games. Before them, of course, it used to be theater and film that got accused for their make-believe. Mm-hmm. Done with... <laughs> I mean, sorry to interrupt the review, but, like, very literally, Cronenberg has done a movie about how TV has distorted our perception of reality. Yeah. Just watch Um, other Cronenberg movies. Okay, continue. Cronenberg is diabolical. He will make you want to go right back to the beginning of the film, no, once you've watched it, and make you want to watch it again and again. He will also make you want to play Existence, also no, the video game, which to my knowledge does not exist, while the one based on Matrix is probably already out of fashion. And he will make you want to be the Ju- the law of Jason Lee. I don't know what that means. Which is perfectly all right since they are both fresh and sexy. Can you reread that last sentence? And he will probably make you want to be law of Jason Lee, which is perfectly all right since they I are both... I think it's supposed to be or. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. They're both fresh and sexy. Gray Buyer gives us four stars and titles the review, Mobius Loop of a Gamer Storyline. Very creative. Capital G Gamer? No, but they, they use it like it's a capital G Gamer. Okay. <clears throat> the review reads, as someone who knows several gamers, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. <laughs> as someone who knows several gamers? <laughs> The plot. <laughs> like, what does that mean? I don't know. But um, <laughs> the plot has enough gamer twists and turns to keep you interested in what's coming next. <laughs> I really wanted to to give it five stars, but the acting of everyone involved felt like they could have stepped it up a notch. The varying levels in the story more than make up for it, though. It was a very creative storyline that reminded me of a Mobius loop. Okay. Um, My favorite Mobius loop is the one where Sonic (laughs) goes around in a circle and then has a chili dog with Sally Acorn. I, that's not where I thought you were going with that. I thought you were going to pull out your favorite Moby sample. No, I was going for Mobius, which is the name of the planet in the uh, animated Sonic the Hedgehog series. Oh, okay. So a Mobius loop is just one of those loops that Sonic runs in. He does love those. Yeah. And he also loves the Sproing. Sproing. Um, okay. So I do actually have some like real thoughts my personal thoughts on this movie we'll say that for after the reviews okay uh brandon gives us four stars and titles the review i cringed constantly and it reads and got six new psychological disorders by a disgusting b-rate movie i read an article that placed this high on a cyberpunk movie watch list i mean i guess i can understand and i won't bother arguing against it because it's like the most nar 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 interpretation of future tech ever but i don't really recommend it wish i hadn't watched it and definitely wouldn't watch again four stars i think maybe that david cronenberg doesn't make movies for cis people that's true 
<clears throat> that's my opinion on the whole thing. Um, Steven Peterson gives it four stars uh, and says, Monarch Mind Control MK Ultra programming triggers in the opening credits. Okay, so that's not a well man. No. <laughs> uh, Gene Huang gives it uh, four stars and says, choking. Uh, Gilma mm-hmm. gives it five stars, titles review good watch, and says, it's like an early black. <clears throat> and for our final uh-huh. for our final review. Okay. Pete Birkendine gives it five stars and titles a review. It's like clapping fireword elves. And the review reads Sci-fi is a good vehicle to make a movie about something most people haven't experienced. In the context of a simple story that has nothing to do with the reader, an author can hide a lot of clues, words, and metaphors that trick the user into re- remembering something he forgot when he was born. Everything, everything about existence, from the way the actors talk to the lines of the fleshy living portals to the fast cuts, it's all reminder text. If you can trace back half of it, you remember more than I do. This movie is designed to go way over most people's radar, like Naked Lunch, because they've never played with anyone in this life and they don't know how to trace back a metaphor until it becomes relevant. This movie is a serious trip for serious explorers. It has a lot of info packed into it. It's medicinal. Do you know what I mean? This reality is only a practice round. Love each other and shine your eyes. Here's a riddle. What lasts for 20 minutes and causes you to completely leave this body? Coming, <laughs> if you're a pig. Because <laughs> uh, I learned from Hey Riddle Riddle that pigs have 20-minute orgasms. Uh, I can't decide if that would be fantastic or exhausting. Exhausting. Yeah, that's true. Like, unquestionably Un- exhausting. Unquestionably exhausting. Yeah, that's true. Okay. Uh, yeah, a lot of people reviewing this movie are not very in touch with reality, and I think maybe some of them do, should, maybe, I don't know, I don't want to tell people to start taking pills to fix their brains, because that sucks, but, like, you know. Yeah, maybe do some serious self-reflection at the very least. So, on a, there's a new segment I want to do. Okay. And, um... it is when it is one where we rate the movies. Okay. Um, there are two ratings in this system. Okay. Um, you either rate the movie a would sound or a would not sound. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't we do this in another so, a, 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 the last episode? Yes. Okay. I just I might have cut it out because Wild Bill was a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, for me. This is a would not sound, and it is because I think Videodrome does a more interesting exploration of the current media landscape and the way that it affects us as individuals and our perception of reality. I just think Videodrome does what this movie is trying to do better. Oh, but Kat, did you see when the game was over, everyone just got out their phones and started staring at their phones? You know, people use yeah, those with was- their phones. That was apt. I will say that was pretty apt, but um, Debbie Harry putting out a cigarette on her tit is way more prescient for the modern media landscape than Bone Gun. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Although that might be me and my experiences skewing results because, you know, I think the average person probably doesn't understand too well the sex appeal of a scarification and cutting fair there's a it's a kinky movie is the thing it it, yes it is both videodrome and this one like you have to kind of be a little bit of a freak to enjoy these movies and that's why i don't think they're made for cis people yeah that's true that's a good point because like my perception of normal is dramatically skewed by the people i associate with online yep yeah same (laughs) I'm I'm at the sometimes I forget straight people exist level of <laughs> right. It's like sometimes you forget that like I don't know uh, talking about piss kink is weird in polite company. <laughs> <clears throat> sometimes a coworker will talk about her boyfriend, and I'll be like, "Ew, why would you?" Oh, right. He what, he, and your boyfriend has a penis. <laughs> That's so weird. That's so weird gross like every boyfriend i've ever had has not had one 
What have you been doing? How do you even have sex? It's sometimes sometimes I find porn. It's like, where's her dick? <laughs> right? Um, okay, so would you okay. sound this movie? Um, I think I probably wouldn't sound primarily because it looks like it has a lot of really um squishy sounds and i think just sort of as a sensory experience for me and where i'm at that's with my fair. brain that wouldn't be enjoyable that's very fair i think avoiding the squishy sounds is a good idea okay um do you have anything else you want to say about the movie um always tongue the meat hole yeah um if any girls out there want to come tongue fuck my gamer port <laughs> yeah yeah hit you know where to find me either of us hit us up <laughs> yeah uh, thanks for listening. We sure didn't. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Unsound Theories is made by Danger Square Productions. You can follow us on Tumblr at Danger Square Media or follow Kat and Kira on their respective Tumblrs at ZaftiCat, that's Z A F T I K A T, and Sapphire Mess. The best ways to support what we do are leaving five star reviews on the podcatcher of your choice or telling a friend about the show. If you'd like to support us monetarily to help us keep the lights on, you can visit dangersquare.ca where you'll find links to our Patreon. The music used in this episode is Dance on All the Cell Phones by Chris Postel of Sounds Like an Earful. Visit soundslikeanearful.com to hear more of Chris's tracks. Until next time, thanks for listening, because we sure didn't. <laughs> <laughs>